Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. So wonderful to see everyone as we kick off our adventure in faith this morning. I'm going to kick it off with some words from our founder, Ernest Holmes, who says, There is no one who does not at times sense his self within the self. And in our greatest moments, in those flash-like visions of mystic grandeur, we know that we are made of eternal stuff, fashioned after a divine pattern. Our science of mind and spirit philosophy is an audacious one, in that we believe that when you go out at night and you look out at the stars, if you can see past the glare of the manufactured light and the pollution of mistruths that we sometimes sell ourselves, you can see those grand constellations. You can see the planets. You can glimpse into the infinite and know it is your own reflection that you see. It's audacious in that sense that we believe that the very cosmos we look into, our distant past and our aspirations for our future, that our very biology is made up by the same power and presence that made the heavens and the earth. That that very creation story that led to the Big Bang is the very same story, the very same presence that's in you and that's in your life today that you can co-create with the infinite in your life in incredible and powerful ways. And this leads to this theme for our adventure in faith, leading with light, leading with light, living from your inner constellation of truth. At its most pragmatic, it's about leading with your best self. It's about leading with the best of who you are as opposed to reacting to any seeming chaos within you. At a more metaphysical level, it's about identifying the stars within you. It's about identifying the divine qualities that make up your being so that you can live them with greater clarity, greater conviction, and with greater creativity in your life. And there's an exercise that goes with our Adventures in Faith. It's on the landing page if you're watching online, and we've got a slide of it coming up. And many of you will be doing it in small groups. But it's all about highlighting your own inner constellation of truth. And there's four different lights that we get to identify. And the first is the light of first cause. I invite you to ask yourself, what is my light of first cause? This is that virtue, that quality of being that is as much who you are as your name is. And it's something that we're invited all the time, but especially in these five weeks, to be aware of and to bring more consciously into our everyday life. My, my word that I chose, my quality of light, is reverence. I want to treat every encounter with every person and every situation with, with reverence, with an openness to have awe, with a beginner's mind, holding a sense of the sacredness of the moment or the person that I'm with. That's what I seek to have my light of first cause be. The next light is your light of response. When someone or something is being a you-know-what, 
what is your light of response? That quality that you want to, to bring into that situation so you don't live down to it, but you illuminate it. Uh, the word that I chose was dignity. I wanted to choose compassion or forgiveness, but I paused because I can have a bit of a martyr complex with that. Anyone else relate to that? So I chose dignity because I want to uphold the person's dignity that I might be in conflict with, but I want to uphold my own too. I want to stick up for myself a little bit better. So that's my, my light of response. The next light is your light of reflection. This is the quality of light in which you view your past with. Be it your whole life, this past year, or just yesterday. What is that quality of light in which you want to view your past experience? And I, I chose gratitude. I want to look at the past with gratitude. And for me, that doesn't mean that I have to give thanks for every little experience and thing in my life, because uh, you know, for sure that's not true. But I can be grateful for the whole of my life, the whole of my experience, how everything I've experienced has helped me become more of who I am and has helped make my life the way that it is. And then lastly, there's your light of aspiration. Your light of aspiration might be the quality that you don't see so much within yourself, but you can see way out there in the nighttime sky of your desires and your hopes and where you wind up, want to wind up. And for me, I, I just chose the highest love. I want to seek the highest love within myself. I want to seek the highest love in my relationship. I want to seek the highest love with my children with my church community, with my co-workers, Dr. Michelle. I want to experience the, the highest love. And even if I don't get there, I will shine trying to be in that light. So know what your qualities of light are and seek to be more conscious of practicing them as we embark on this adventure in faith together. And our topic today is trusting your voice. Trusting your voice. See, our, our voice is something that we often lead with all the time. And it's very hard to reflect your inner constellation of truth if your voice is more connected to an inner constellation of mistruths, false thinking, self-put-downs and rejection, and so on. Very grateful to have been a part of creating this curriculum and this series with a great committee of folks. I'm really grateful to Aluna Chen, Reverend Nadine Cox, who did our reading, Nicole Dobby, who's over there, Lauren Martin, Dr. Michelle, uh, Sarah Shin, and Kim Simon. And when we were putting together this series, there were some things that we wanted to, to achieve, and I'd just like to share them with you today. We want to not be so discouraged by the state of some things in the world that we don't live full lives and from our own hearts. We want to stop making superficial and start making authentic connections with others. We want to see the problems of the world from a more spiritual perspective. And lastly, we want to speak trusting our own voices while not worrying so much about being canceled or labeled or judged by others, but especially by ourselves. When was it that you first really heard your, your true voice, that you really came into flow with your heart's truth and could articulate it with another or 
with anyone around you. For me, I go back to a week of my life in 1999. It was in August at the Asilomar Conference Grounds in Pacific Grove, California. How many people have been there? And if you've been a part of our teaching for a long time, it was, it was kind of like our, our Mecca. We would pilgrimage there. Uh, people from churches all over uh, would go there. Ernest Holmes used to be there every year. So for decades and decades, um, our tradition met there. So this was my first time there. I had just gotten my practitioner license. I was 18 years old. And it was uh, uh, my minister, Peggy Price, if for some reason you're watching, for some reason, uh, thank you, Peggy, I love you and I'm so grateful for you. She was giving the, the message at one of the morning general sessions and I got chosen to give the prayer. So it was going to be in front of you know, seven or 800 people there. And it was a really coming of age week for me. Uh, it was the first time I took a really long drive. So driving from Southern California up to Northern California. It was also the first time I went to a concert by myself. So I ditched one of the sessions one night and drove the hour and a half to San Francisco. Talk about a scary place to drive in. You know, you ask for directions, they don't tell you left or right, but up, you know, and it's kind of like, ah. And I got to see one of my favorite bands. It's an Irish band called the Hot House Flowers. They actually have a lyric in one of their songs that resonates with the message today uh, called This Is It. There's rest that's on the water and there's an answer on the streets. And if you take the time to listen, there's a chance that you will meet your soul. This is it. So when I got up on stage that morning, I don't remember rehearsing a lot. I don't remember being that nervous. I just got up there on the stage and I put my hands over my heart and I just spoke. (laughs) Cute kid. So I look very different today, yeah. There's some archival evidence of the event there. (laughs) And it was so powerful for me because I just got to bless the space, the people that were there, myself, all all the world uh, in my own way. But but it was like hearing myself. I remember when I got off the stage, it it totally changed my concept of prayer because it was no longer this ritual of trying to get the steps and saying things right. It was this action of, of speaking my highest truth, the highest truth that I know in a very practical way. I wasn't trying to be cool. I wasn't trying to practice social convention. I was just speaking that truth. And I invite you today to think about when it is that, that you trust your own voice the most. Is it with a good friend on a road trip where you feel like you're in your own private universe? Is it with a pen and paper journaling your thoughts down? Or perhaps it's actually in the most silent and still moments where you don't hear your true voice, but you can feel it. You can know that it's there. And for me, you know, getting to be in front of people to share that truth that I know it was powerful to be able to say what I really believed, that we are all one, that I am connected with a life that's greater than I am, that each and every person in this room has a divine narrative in their life that is leading them, calling them to greater success and well-being, that as many struggles as there may appear to be in this world, that it is fundamentally a place that has been created and brought forth for a deeper and higher good, that there is a divine hope anchored in the heart of each of our being, and we can bring it out. We can be better to each other, kinder to each other, more forgiving of ourselves. We can live from the light of who we are and shine brightly, dismissing the glare 
of the thinking and the stories and the victimhood that no longer supports us to step into the light, that grand truth of who you are and of who I am. It's great to get to speak those truths while hopefully not being judged or labeled or canceled or whatever it is. To step into that power of who you are. I would argue that when it comes to your true voice, it's not something you really have to discover or find, but that your true voice is really speaking all of the time, like a harmony. It's always echoing and expressing itself. And so it's simply our job to learn to listen to it and to give it a voice, to give it articulation, to bring it into form. But it's all about listening. Am I courageous enough to listen to what my heart really has to say? And one of the ways that brings this out the best is that experience of being with a confidant. For me, it's so often our uh, prayer practitioners here. And when you go to see a prayer practitioner, they don't just pray for you, but they're going to intentionally create an environment that's sacred, that feels safe, with limited disruptions. And then they're going to listen to you. They're going to ask you questions, not to lead you in some direction, but to to better understand what you're saying. They're going to say what you said back to you so that you can hear yourself too. They're they're going to help know the truth of who you are, help you articulate what you want, and then that, that culmination, that prayer, that admitting of the truth of who you are by the practitioner, and hopefully the admitting of it of yourself. And what can happen is you can feel like someone has heard you for the very first time. And then the byproduct of that is it's like you heard yourself for the very first time. So it's so important to create these opportunities that feel safe and sacred for us to to express what we have to say. It doesn't have to be on Facebook. It doesn't have to be with uh, the, the, the relative you disagree with. It can simply begin in your own heart and begin to express in your own life. Can we hear ourselves? You know, there's that old commercial, can you hear me now? Well, this is, can I hear me now? Can I hear me now? Can I hear me now? You know, so in wrapping up the message today, some some tips for for can I hear me now? Uh, And the first is to listen intently to your body. It's not where our voice comes from, but it's how it expresses itself. So listen to your body. And for me, that's sometimes a scary thing to do. You know, just leading up to giving the message today, I've I've been listening to my body and sometimes I'm not liking what I'm I'm hearing. There's some fear and some anxiety right right here. And there was some shame and a little bit of guilt that I felt right here. And there was some some loneliness and a lack of uh, feeling loved up up here and, and feeling a little overwhelmed and tired. That's not good stuff to hear. And yet recognize that our true voice speaks through our body. So in that sense, it wasn't that my true voice was telling me this is who you are, but telling me what it is I need to be asking for, what it is that I need to be heard, to get to share, to be loved, to be touched or embraced, to be understood, to be validated. Our true voice may not always speak in flowers and roses, It may speak in a language of hurt or pain or confusion, 
But if we can really trust in that voice, it can begin to tell us what we, can need, what we need so we can take care of ourselves. Have that courage to center yourself in your body so that your true voice can be heard and articulated and brought forth. We have uh, so many wonderful congregants with so much wisdom. Uh, one of them, his name is Rama Newton. We're so grateful for him and his family. Everyone here in the church, his wife Melissa is actually doing the signing today. Uh, and uh, he has some expertise in this body stuff. I'm still figuring it out. Uh, I'm sure he's figuring it out too. But first of all, we're so grateful for you, Rama, and everything that you do as our production director and beyond a practitioner here, a ministerial student. We just love you and appreciate you. Which isn't why I brought you out here, but uh, you know, share, share with us a, a technique to get centered in our body. Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. It's an honor to, to be a participant in this, and what a great thing to, uh, to take the adventure to listen to that true voice within ourselves. Um, one of the things that I've learned in my training through my life before this work is, is some trauma work, trauma release exercise from David Berselli, Dr. David Berselli, and in, in that work, we use a really simple technique. You know, when you're feeling like you're not hearing your voice or you're in a place where you can't be centered or grounded, what's the first thing people often say to you? Take a deep breath, right? So it's a very simple exercise that we can do right now to feel this, to feel and elicit a change in our system of what's going on because we're always in a state of nervous system response, whether that's fight or flight, where we're really up there and moving, or rest and digest when we're down and grounded and we're in our systems. So you can do this with me. You can take a big breath in through your nose and now a longer exhale out of your open mouth. Great. And as you do that again, as you're breathing in through your nose and exhaling long out of your mouth, part of what you're doing is you're telling your nervous system that all the stuff that's coming at us all the time in this busy, busy world that we're living in, where we're driving fast cars and we have phones in our pockets that are blowing up and all the other pieces that are happening, that you're actually here and you're present, right? So as you take another breath in through your nose and a big exhale, start to notice what you're feeling and noticing around you. Because when we're not in fight or flight, when we're in rest and digest, we're not focused solely on what's the threat in front of me. We're able to be open to what's around us, what's coming through us. So when you take your last breath, see what you hear and notice in the room as you're feeling in your body. You might hear my voice bouncing off the walls in different places, not just coming from the front of the room or the people around you. So one more breath in through your nose. Long exhale out of your open mouth. that place that you all just landed at, right? That's that centered place that allows your true voice to be heard. You're not in your thinking mind that's up here worried about everything else. You drop in and something else comes through where you can really hear it, a trueness that comes through with that. You can wiggle your feet, toes, feeling the ground beneath you, solid, safe, present. That's the place where the inner voice really shows up the most. Thank you, Rama. Yeah. So great to tag people of such wisdom in to help with the sermon. The, the second point of can I hear me now is to also listen more intently to your distrust. You know, there's some of us that live our life in alignment with our negative thinking, that we live centered in that worry, that anxiety, that concern, so much so if it goes away, it freaks us out, right? We've had that. There's nothing to worry about. This is very concerning to me. What's going on? 
But, but some of us, we, we try to reject those voices. We, fe- hear, we feel the fear, but we do it anyways, right? We hear the distrust or the sense of dislike uh, for someone or, or the note of self-rejection, and, and we, we shut it out. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is not to accept it as truth, but to listen to it. To realize that your true voice perhaps might even be back there too. And to say, you know, why am I so afraid right now? Why do I have a sense of dislike for this person? Why am I in a place of distrust? And it could simply be that there is that greater light that needs to be brought forth into into your living, into your circumstances, into your relationships. So even back those thoughts, we can find a greater sense of trusting our own voice. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the brilliant author, wrote a great book called Big Magic, where she has like 10 quotes that speak to what I'm about to speak to, but I'm just going to share one with you that I enjoy. Who the hell do you think you are? Your darkest interior voices will demand. It's funny you should ask, you can reply. I'll tell you who I am. I am a child of God just like anyone else. I am a constituent of the universe. I have invisible spirit benefactors who believe in me and who labor alongside me. The fact that I am here at all is evidence that I have the right to be here. I have a right to my own voice and a right to my own vision. I have a right to collaborate with creativity because I myself am a product and a consequence of creation. I'm on a mission of artistic liberation, so let the girl go. And she goes on, see, now you're the one doing the talking. So truly trust our own voice is to know that everything we hear can bring us into alignment with articulating that voice, cultivating it, and bringing it about through leading with our light. Leading with our light. The last point that I want to make today about can I hear me now is to be committed to tell the truth. Tell the truth. It's not always an easy thing to do, telling the truth. Yet how are we going to trust our own voice if we're not speaking it? To be able to say, I love you, and that's why I'm telling you the truth. To say, I love me, that's why I'm telling the truth. To say, I trust life, and that's why I'm telling the truth. Jesus tells us that the truth shall set us free, but I also love something that author Nick Hornby said. He said, the truth will set you free, that or it will get you a punch in the nose. And what he meant by that isn't anything violent, but we know this. When we, when we share the truth with someone in our lives, especially when it's not present, it can make things seemingly worse before they start to get better. When we tell the truth to ourselves, things can feel like they're getting worse before they get better. Things may even feel messy. But if we can trust that voice, if we can trust in the truth, it will lead us to those opportunities that allow our light to reflect and shine and for healing to begin. The truth hurts when we're built and living within a lie, when we're living in partial truths and partial realities. So tell the truth. And I don't mean this in a liar, liar, Jim Carrey, your butt looks big in those pants kind of way. I I mean it in speaking from that place of, of spiritual authority, your truth, who you know you really are. Don't talk to me like that. I am a child of God. Don't talk to me like that because you're a child of God. This circumstance is not a true reflection of what I want or who I am. 
Tell the truth to the people that you love, to the people that you work with, and know whatever consequence may come, and it doesn't always mean that you're always going to be right, but you're going to follow your conscience. You're going to follow your own light. And if we can't trust our own constellation of light to work for us in our lives, what can we trust? What can we believe in? So take that leap of faith with me today to honor the divine lights, the divine constellation that is within you, to commit to living your best as your greatest self, and to be open to how that might change your life, to the blessings that might begin, to the healings that might come about, to the sense of inspiration and greater self that you feel, that self within the self that Holmes was speaking to, that knows that you are one with a power greater than you are, that you can use and can use you to a better life. So just moving into prayer this morning and inviting of our practitioner prayer partners who'd like to stand and join me to do so. What a wonderful opportunity to listen to our bodies, to our feelings, to the stars way, way out in space, and to the lights within ourselves reflecting all of those distances into our very feeling of our true voice right here and right now. May we commit today to allow our prayers not to be secrets, but to be admissions of the highest truths about who we are, our relationships with those we love, about why we're here, and of the very truth of this moment a creative expression of the infinite mind of spirit, weaving us all together in glory, creating opportunity after opportunity to bring forth more and more light, that kingdom of heaven promised in eternity, possible right now through the consciousness that you and I have individually and share together. I give thanks for the healing that comes from this openness and realization. I give thanks for the epiphanies and the ahas. I give thanks for that depth, that depth of truth, which is the very soil of our being, and that as we plant ourselves in it, that power greater than we are begins to work in synchronistic, magnificent, and miraculous ways. May we nurture the soil of that miracle of heart to bring forth the highest and best within us and all around us. And so it is. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.